0: everybody it's nick just wanted to let you know two things one that every episode going forward will be released on mondays uh sorry for the changes in the schedule i was trying to figure out what worked best for me in terms of production schedules and uh in terms of having new co-hosts come in um and the second is that we have dylan roth in about a minute so the show's gonna start a little different than it usually does on top of this Uh, i'm going to be kicking it to me with dylan uh, so that he can make an announcement about the hell yeah babies and then we'll start their show like normal but i did want to let you know those two things so it wasn't weird when you listened to it and the first thing you heard was me again instead of the hell yeah babies uh but like i said going forward we will see you every monday uh as i just mentioned uh I am here with Dylan Roth. Dylan, your band is going on tour, and considering we just heard the Hell Yeah Babies, uh, that means it's time for you to explain what you're doing on tour, uh, and just, you know, general stuff about the band. Hey, uh, thanks, Nick. Uh, So I'm Dylan, I'm in the Hell Yeah Babies. We're like a power pop band out of New York, and you know one of our songs, you have a pretty good idea what we sound like. Uh, We're actually hitting the road uh, beginning on Friday, May 17th and concluding on Friday, May 31st. So in the last two weeks of May, if you are in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Youngstown, Ohio, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, St. Louis, Missouri, Nashville, Tennessee, Charlotte, North Carolina, Baltimore, Maryland, or Red Bank, New Jersey, you can see the Hell Yeah Babies. Please check us out at com on Twitter or Instagram, at Hell Yeah Babies, or on Facebook. Search for hell yeah babies thank you so much Dylan uh and we will be talking to you in about two weeks for a batman episode but we wanted since it's coming out the day that the tour ends we wanted to get this in as early as possible so uh we will be hearing from you in about two weeks and definitely check out all of the things he just said Let's
1: live your time to
0: Heard as Dog of War by the Hell Yeah Babies, which means I'm Nick Bond. I'm Andy Miller. And this is how wrestling explains exciting episode today, Andy. Some would say it's money in the bank, uh, parentheses, uh shorty what you think.
1: I'm not nearly cool enough to respond to that.
0: Uh, sure it, you are. You're, I mean, you're not cool enough to respond to that. That's actually fair. I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, but you know what is cool enough to respond to that? The money in the bank contract match in general and the money in the bank pay-per-view both of which we'll be talking about today amen uh so we wanted to start off with a uh somewhat i don't want to say confusing but it's a little weird little windy uh history of the money in the bank contract the money in bank match and the money in the bank pay-per-view uh we'll start off with uh the beginning which is a chris jericho promo where he proposes the money in the bank contract which is basically a ladder match uh, and at the top of the ladder, uh, hanging down actually, so I guess from the top of the arena, uh, there is a contract in a briefcase. And if you secure that briefcase in said ladder match, you get to fight the uh, champion of your choice. Though Yeah, they had two champions at this point uh, by cashing it in at, at any point.
1: Anytime, anywhere with a referee.
0: Yep. Uh, And there's always a referee in a match that they've just had. So that's usually where you see it. But Chris Jericho comes up with the idea. uh, He's in the first match, which is a pretty solid match, all things considered. And for the time, you can really get why people's minds were fucking blown.
1: It was a really cool attraction for WrestleMania. Yeah. Just here's a half dozen or so guys that may not necessarily be doing anything storyline wise, but we'll have a really cool match.
0: Yeah. Uh, And that match involves Edge as some Canadian Another Canadian, Chris Jericho. Uh, Another Canadian, Christian. (laughs) Uh, Kane and Shelton Benjamin. It's a a very stacked match. Uh, There's a lot of moving parts in the match. But what I think is interesting about that match in particular is that from the very beginning, they established that Edge is an opportunist. And this is an opportunity for him, which literally
1: becomes his gimmick. So the whole point of the match is it's named Money in the Bank because whoever has this contract is almost guaranteed to become champion. It is as sure a thing as money in the bank and edge being this ultimate opportunist who will stab you in the back at a moment's notice for his own benefit. This is something that plays directly into the hand of cards that he would play at any given time.
0: Yeah. He's, really been established as a guy who is and they say again in the beginning of the match it's a really well done characterization of a lot of guys and as you were saying the chris jericho the jericho idea in real life comes from a bunch of guys not having anything to do at wrestlemania but they're all, all being people that are over and who fans want to see on the card And it's, that's the other way that this match really works is it gets a lot of good guys in the card and it kind of gets convoluted or I guess diluted. It gets diluted after a while, but this match is like a really cool showcase for a bunch of guys that are in the mid card to upper mid card. It's a really great showcase match, which is the purpose of it. It kind of replaces battle royals.
1: Yeah. I was about to, I was about to compare it to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in this match at least you have dudes who are fighting for something. They have... There, there's something, a trophy. Something... Yeah, great. That's that's just wonderful. It's a
0: giant trophy of Andre the Giant.
1: Yeah. Can you cash that giant trophy in for an Andre the Giant? Or for a title match? Uh,
0: yeah. If you have, you have WWE champions on your phone and you win Andre the, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, you get that character in the game.
1: You get to play as...
0: Under the Giant. If you win, only if you win the Under the Giant battle more Memorial yeah, it rolls Battle Royale. It? it rolls right
1: <laughs> off the tongue. Get rid of the damn match.
0: Uh but yeah, and and like you said, they're actually fighting for something. This opportunity isn't just a chance to instantly win a title, essentially. It's also a chance to be propelled into the main event. In a literal sense. Like you are now one of the main your O- owner of one of the main attractions on the show, and whether or not you sink or swim really will make a difference in your career. If you look at guys that fail, like your Jack Swagger's, they don't do well. And somebody like Edge, it propelled him to one of the great the one of the great world title careers of all time.
1: Edge walked around with that briefcase like it was a championship for about nine months. Yeah, until he cashed it on John Cena, who had just it was in elimination gone through hell chamber. in the elimination chamber. Got you know surviving a crazy match with five five other guys, and then the cage goes up and Edge goes in and goes haha I'm an opportunist motherfucker and comes in and wins the championship.
0: And and what I like in particular about that use of the money in the bank contract is it's not necessarily what they needed to do. like they didn't have to do that it wasn't a requirement. Uh, the next person to win I believe uh, Rob Van Dam he tells John Cena. I'm cashing this in at one night stand in the Hammerstein ballroom. Yes. I'm giving myself a home game, uh, which also guarantees him, but in a different way, it's not an instant here. You're the, in the main event now ticket, which is uh, what it is for edge. And for a couple of other guys, CM Punk, I think really, even though he doesn't get go directly from money in the bank, winning money in the bank to being the biggest deal, he uses it to get, a title right was,
1: Daniel Bryan did the same thing yeah. where you know he came in and he pins an unconscious big show to become world heavyweight champion and it sure as hell didn't make him WWE champion yes movement top of the show Daniel Bryan but it put him in the conversation and it put him in a place where he could be a legitimate main eventer.
0: yeah it made them realize he was a, like an all-star like oh wow you like we actually let you play your game and you're actually good enough people want to see you separately from whatever happens with the title or the money in the bank contract and like a guy like dolph ziggler it wasn't necessarily his fault but he did get hurt immediately after uh which we'll get into later um we mentioned a couple guys that i believe wanted at money the, uh, the money in the bank contract at wrestlemania there's five money in the bank contract matches before they have their first uh, pay-per-view in 2010 uh but this one is definitely for me the best the the first one i think it's the most exciting in terms of the winner in terms of the idea in terms of the execution i think it's the first one that doesn't kind of insist upon itself it's just like a match that happens and is really cool it's kind of like uh though they did they did get better uh in terms i think there's better money in the bank matches on the actual pay-per-view but uh it reminds me a lot of the TLC matches where like the, the, the pre TLC match between edge and Christian and Matt and Jeff Hardy during the uh, Terry invitational tournament. What are,
1: what are the, what are the initials of that tournament? Uh, TIT. No. Why would Terry have something with, I don't know. Me neither. It's just, it's, I don't, it's very strange,
0: very strange, inappropriate children are listening. Hello, Mr. Russo. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think that, um, oh fuck uh yeah this kind of has almost like a a more organic feel to it where i think everyone that comes after this at wrestlemania is kind of trying to escalate it to a point where it kind of gets i don't want to say absurd but it loses a little bit of it's like holy shitness where this match like from the beginning when Kane comes out and the ladders are on fire like they're like we're doing some shit this match and we're gonna do like it gets better like i said once i actually have the pay-per-view because i think they can kind of not have to worry about time on the show and stuff like that. They're not trying to get their shit in in 15 minutes. They have like 25 minutes to do stuff. Cause it's what people are there. It becomes see.
1: the attraction of the show. Yeah. As opposed to a way to get guys onto a show.
0: Yeah. And this one, there's enough stars. It's a new enough gimmick that they, it really does feel like you don't have to pile shit on top of shit on top of shit. You can just have like a pretty good ladder match and because of the stakes and everything like because of the stakes and everything like that, you actually give a shit about the match it's really like one of the better wrestlemania matches of all time i think this first money in the bank because it's such a cool concept and they execute it really well they get a bunch of us they establish a lot of tropes like uh one of my favorite tropes is the jericho can't win a money in the bank ladder match and the other one is the like jeff hardy spot that like the and and spots ironic that i use that because it's the person who does the big spots in the match and shelton actually is jeff hardy in this match in terms of just like doing wild wild shit because he's so much more athletic where i think with jeff hardy he's athletic but it's also that he does not care for his Mm -hmm. body so shelton's doing a lot of athletic shit but they're all there's a lot of shelton high spots and he kind of becomes known for that and i don't know how great a spot it is it took jeff hardy who's much more charismatic than uh, Shelton a long time to get past the being the guy who does big spots character.
1: I have two comparisons to make there where I feel like you see a lot of that with Dolph Ziggler. Yes. Even though Dolph won the match at one point Mm -hmm. and became World Heavyweight Champion you still kind of see him as a guy who does crazy shit a couple times in the match sells like Dolph Ziggler sells And doesn't win. And for the longest time, that was Kofi Kingston's spot in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Where it wasn't, oh man, I hope Kofi wins. It became, I can't wait to see how Kofi doesn't get eliminated before he gets eliminated. Yeah. And it's like, the whole point is I'm supposed to be able to suspend disbelief that you're going to win. Not, I can't wait to see what you're going to land on that isn't the floor. (laughs) Or I can't wait to see how you're going to get hit in the face with a ladder and flop around a little bit. Or Yeah. Like we watched earlier um, John Morrison, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact, Johnny wherever he's working this week, um, where he did a really cool parkour spot from the outside where there was a ladder propped from the floor onto the ring post. And he climbed up that ladder onto the top turnbuckle where there was another ladder that he used to propel himself to a ladder in the middle of the ring to break up somebody else's like not a near fall, but near win. And it was really damn cool, but that's what you expect from him in that match and not for him to win it. Yeah. And that's Shelton Benjamin in these matches in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. And, and like uh, you're hinting at, and we'll definitely be talking about uh, cause that is in the first, that is actually one of the next two matches we'll be talking about. It's, he does a great job of carrying on the torch of Shelton Benjamin, but that again, that's not the spot you want. He had to leave the company to become something more than the spot guy, and it's something you see over and over again. It's the curse of being a good worker, whatever you want to call it. The the curse of being a spot mon- the curse of the spot monkey, uh, for especially for a guy like uh Jeff Hardy where it's like that was What he was for a really long time Even though he could do a lot more And and Dolph is the same way Edge Ironically would have the biggest Spots maybe of all and Still never really got like the Spot monkey Attached to him because I think They always saw him with I mean look at him he's six foot four He's handsome he's charming looking man. Yeah yeah like
1: super talented And and what he has and what Jeff Hardy have has that a Shelton doesn't have and that at that point John Morrison didn't have is transcendent charisma because Jeff Hardy got to that world title level almost in spite of the way he performs in the ring. It's like I like Jeff Hardy. I respect the hell out of Jeff Hardy. He's done some really crazy shit. But the way he wrestles isn't exactly top guy wrestling. that is a really nice yeah he's he doesn't for the longest time didn't do power
0: slams and and things like that he didn't pick people up he basically had like a snap suplex and that was it and that's just not what people are used to seeing and with someone like Edge he can actually wrestle that style it's a really important thing to understand about Edge is that what made him incredible what made him one of the maybe five most successful American wrestlers or wrestlers in America of all time is he could do both he could do the crazy high spots and he was willing to sell out his body it mm-hmm. obviously cut his career very short but
1: he could also be a great brawler or he could have a good wrestling match
0: yeah exactly and he's a great character and chris jericho actually kind of reminds me until chris jericho because basically came neo nick Bachwinkle he also had a lot of trouble with being able to we saw the uh there's a promo during i believe it's the uh 2000 it's during the the first pay-per-view match the money in the bank match uh chris jericho and he are having cutting a promo against against each other essentially backstage and edge is just so much more captivating than chris jericho. reading lines yeah
1: and it, it, he's very clearly reading a promo that was written for him And he kind of stumbles through it in a way that makes it not believable, believable, and even English. Yeah, it it was it was rough at one point where I, I I actually said out loud, "I'm like, you want another shot of that, Chris?" Because it, (laughs) it wasn't very good. Um, But Edge is just captivating. Where you're like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, great. Yeah, you're not getting all of your
0: lines, but you're actually having a natural conversation. He's you get why he watching a match like this where he doesn't have the biggest spots. We will get to a match where he has some enormous spots. The match we're talking about with Edge um and and Chris Jericho, that's the 2010, like I said, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which is the first pay-per-view, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Uh and in that pay- in that show, I'm not gonna say pay-per-view again, I swear to the Lord Jesus. Uh in that show, Kane wins the first Money in the Bank match. Actually, the first Money in the Bank pay-per-view, Money in the Bank match, he wins the first ever. Uh, and, and almost the, immediately cashes in. Yeah, it later that night, he comes out. He saves Rey Mysterio from getting beat up uh, after he got beat up by Jack Swagger, fights Swagger to the back, and his music hits, and he comes out with the briefcase and obliterates Rey Mysterio's entire tiny little body.
1: That chokeslam was a thing of beauty.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the miz later in the show uh and that's the jericho edge match that they're alluding to uh is with him john morrison evan bourne randy orton mark henry and ted dibiase it's crazy how over orton is uh this is post legacy we figured out right and it's really kind of incredible to see how hyped the crowd is for randy orton to get the money in the bank contract because he's just like he's almost a baby face by accident at this point he's like such an ass kicker
1: it's he's got this very stone cold steve austin thing going on where the crowd's like no we we fucking love this guy yeah this guy's really good he kicks a lot of ass and we are really happy to see him come in and kick ass
0: yeah if orton could cut the promos he cuts now when he was that age he might have superseded cena because he was such a good Character and
1: people were really into him, just like RKOing the shit out of everyone. I forget who it was that took an RKO off the ladder, like got swung off the ladder into an RKO. But it hits, and the crowd goes insane. Yeah, it's either it's, I think it's
0: either Evan Bourne or John Morrison. Either way, it looks like a, he's he's in like mind blowing shape. Th- at this point, too, Orton he, looks amazing in
1: this match. Yeah. He comes out looking like a star, where he's shredded. Eric Bischoff would love his tan.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a, the tan's definitely a choice, but he really does. He looks like a, a he looks like mega walking yeah. to the ring.
1: Yeah, he looks like a mega star. He and he, he stands out amongst pretty much everyone else in the in the match, as far as looking as a more legitimate star. Yeah, he doesn't look like a cartoon character. He's not. Ted DiBiase walking to the ring with the million dollar belt and Maurice. He's not, um, not quite there yet. Miz. He's not John Morrison coming out with, uh, the filter gimmick on. Listen,
0: this ain't no make believe.
1: Love me some John Morrison, but that there's that gimmick. And then there's Randy Orton.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. I think the Johnny blank version of John Morrison,
1: the self-realized version of, of John Hennigan.
0: Yeah is like as good It might be as good a character as this Version of Randy Orton not on the WWE Scale but like as the thing it is Which is this traveling show Of John Hennigan
1: Oh it's like whoever's whatever city the Globetrotters Are in like oh it's the we're here in Your town
0: capitals Exactly and With Randy Orton he just looks like A WWE champion he works like A WWE champion and They give it to Evan Bourne yeah, there peace signs
1: on the way to the ring yeah
0: he's evan Bourne has uh,
1: not a, put it together at this point
0: no he's he's not matt Sydal, and he's he's barely even evan Bourne at this point he just doesn't he has a kind of a thing going with orton uh this is around the same time that they do that crazy uh shooting star press into rko spot you can see all of the different reasons why they have like we talked about earlier with Shelton in the first match, uh like the Miz is he ends up being basically the edge in this match. The edge in this match, edge in this match is very brutal. He's such
1: a dick. Yeah. He hits a couple of just mean moves. Yeah. It they're and they're very hard to describe in such a he, visual medium. He but. puts
0: some stank on almost everything he does in this match. There's spots where you're like, ow.
1: You know what it is? And they stand out because a lot of ladder match high spots involve some big technical, long-winded setup, and then getting into position and not with edge. Here's a guy doing something stupid and he, nope, fuck you. And (laughs) he throws your ladder that you're in the middle of for some reason. And you just take a nasty bump. Or or you're standing on the other side of this ladder. I'm gonna hit this ladder into your face.
0: Yeah, he really hits people. It he stiffs them with a ladder because everyone understands that he's going to get stiffed by every ladder in this joint at some point. Like they understand what Edge has done. There's a certain respect for him in ladder matches that you can see really palpably. Um and we actually didn't talk about I, I wanna circle back real quick to the previous match. Uh this is weird because Edge is in one ladder match. We didn't actually review, so I don't want to get too much into it. The uh, Kane uh, ladder match, the, the one that Kane wins, because Christian's in that. But in the previous match, Christian and Edge, you can really see why they were both... Uh, they were both treated as, like, specialists in ladder matches throughout their career. And you can see in in the first match that we talked about, the, the first Money in the Bank match, uh, why... Uh, Christian because that's not that great of an edge match actually it's a pretty good edge match but like Christian looks great in it he takes the spot where he gets thrown into Tyson Tomko like edge kind of waits around the outside takes some big bumps but he his thing is that he's the opportunist in this one and that one in this one he's just like mean like he's just trying to hurt people he's kind of moved past the ultimate opportunist in the sense that like he's no this is four or five this is a decent amount of time removed from him uh main eventing wrestlemania with the undertaker which is kind of the peak of the ultimate opportunist character now he's just kind of like a veteran who wants to beat people up right well
1: at this point he's he's matured he's he's i I don't even know how long into his wwe run at this point but he's an established main eventer he's been through the money in the bank he's he snuck his way into the championship already and now at this point, he's like, no, I'm better than you. I'm smarter than you. And I'm, I am I know how this works. Mm-hmm. Go do your high spots. Have fun. When you're done, I'm going to hit you in the face with this ladder. And then I'm going to climb the ladder. And then I'm going to be the champion. So go ahead and do your flippy high spot. Yeah, and I'll be he, over here. And he almost does. And
0: he, he earns getting pretty close to it. But uh, The Miz actually ends up winning the match. Which sets up him as... He's a good example of a guy who did well with his money in the bank contract cat having it cashing it in and then the title right after i mean he made events at wrestlemania but a weird thing happens with him which is that he's essentially cannon fodder for rock and uh rock and cena but at the same time having that match i think having the wrestlemania 27 match which is a direct result of his victory in this match is the reason there's a miz and Maurice television you know what i'm saying miz and mrs uh, on on USA and that he's a huge star in a main event program with the owner's son and one of the most important television characters of the last. Like a hugely important television character for WWE. One of the most recognizable people in the company.
1: So I think this was the start for Miz of inserting him into that I can step into the main event exactly, spot, Testing him out, letting him get comfortable in there with the big boys. And after, after his world title reign, he dropped, he dropped hard down the card. Um, but he's still been in a position where he can jump back in at any point for a long time, the Miz dropped hard. He dropped hard and it took a little while It took some floundering, but him being able to insert himself and grow as the money in the bank holder. And that is the champion was really him getting his feet wet and also giving him that taste. So now like you had the Miz climb back up as that bitter person. Who's like, no, I did this. I can do this. I am this. This is everything that I can be everything. I know I am. This is all it's ever going to be from here on out, which is why he comes out now and he calls himself the most must see everything. And he is, he nails yeah. it. He kills it every time.
0: Yeah. He's one of the top characters on the show. And and he's a guy that had a slow in the same way we talked about with Daniel Bryan, who um, actually wins the next year. We didn't want... The weird thing with the next year's show... So, uh, like we said... So... Uh... Kane and the Miz won. Kane has a really great cash-in, Miz has a really great cash-in a really good run with the title made event at WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan doesn't get any of those things at the next year's WrestleMania, at uh, the next year's Money in the Bank. He doesn't even get the most because this is a mat uh, this is a pay-per-view where it's it's in the argument I think for the best modern pay-per-view of all time, but not because either of the Money in the Bank matches, it's cuz it finishes with the most important match basically since rock hogan probably maybe rock austin the cm punk john cena match at the end of the show yeah
1: yeah easily my favorite pay-per-view main event yeah it's one of my adult life at least
0: yeah it's one of the great matches of all time all time all time it is up there with any other match in the history of
1: wrestling and that had a great creative use of the money in the bank briefcase post main event match where Vince is out there calling for Del Rio to come out with the briefcase to cash in to try to screw Punk because he's leaving with the belt. Uh, yeah, with the belt. And nope, he just gets his, his clock cleaned. Yep. And Punk goes, see ya, and leaves with the belt. Yeah,
0: kisses the for a while, this is my profile picture, he blows the kiss to uh, McMahon holding the belt and just walks out. And the end shot of that peak reviews is very famously, like him holding the belt in front of Chicago, basically. Right.
1: In his hometown. Yeah. Just giving the epic FU to the boss.
0: Yeah, and it's and that's not to say that the matches aren't good. The the Del Rio Money in the Bank is a solid match and the Daniel Bryan match is a really good one. Daniel Bryan looks great in it and it's really crazy to think that this Is the start of the yes movement In a lot of it's really What sets him like we said with the Miz it's it's slightly different with Daniel Bryan because I think he stayed Towards the top a little bit better than The Miz did he didn't drop Straight down to like not On pay-per-views in a way that The Miz really like Kind of dropped off the face of the earth for a Little while yeah, he like, kind of gendered Yeah exactly they gendered him pretty hard But with daniel Bryan, i feel like he he kind of kept his head of he kept his head above water a lot longer and i think this is also kind of weirdly part of their like long-term feud is like that they they have a lot of the same accomplishments and this is one of them where it's like i may have entered wrestlemania with mine you like started a yes movement and then eventually but like you You got kicked in
1: the face by sheamus to open wrestlemania exactly that was your wrestlemania
0: exactly like then that was one of the big like they have been able to build out their careers in parallel in a lot of different ways and it's cool to think that like this happened this really good match one of the best matches of all time a bunch of really good matches have on the pay-per-view but it's it's weird to think about this as like already they're like oh actually the best matches are not necessarily the money in the bank matches like i I don't want to say it hurt long term money in the bank but it went from like i want to see all of these matches to like "Oh, i want to see the pay the money in the bank pay-per-view but i'm not necessarily as excited per se for the money in the bank match itself
1: what i do like is that the money in the bank match itself it's a draw Mm -hmm. it's undeniably a draw yeah It gives you something cool to look forward to because it raises a lot of questions as far as how it's going to impact current stories and pretty much the rest of the year going forward. I also like that you can kind of get a work rate um, championship match Mm -hmm. or a work rate main event match that isn't necessarily the big marquee Hogan-Andre here's our top stars match. But like, no, like here You, you want you want daniel bryan as your champion here he is in your match tonight Mm -hmm. where you can you can kind of like have almost a sleeper main event
0: yeah for the money in the bank pay-per-view it doesn't have the expectation of things being like a wrestlemania match the only things that have to be have any any real expectations other than it's going to be a good match is the money in the bank matches like those have like i want this person to win or i want that person to win because they'll get a money in the bank contract in the same way that people get like wrestlemania moments but I, I definitely think that there's way less of an emphasis on like, or not an emphasis, there's the, the expectations feel very different, which is why you can have a, just a cool main event on it and not really worry about it. Um, but that isn't... I, so I wrote in the notes for the next year, 2012, matches, question mark, farts or not farts? Because I am uh, of the opinion that both of these matches are kind of farts. Uh and the actual reins of the money in the bank contracts are kind of farts, because as as you may know, John Cena loses to CM Punk. He cash he, he proposes a match using the the briefcase as collateral, essentially. He cashes in a week ahead and loses by DQ. Uh, and then uh, Dolph, Dolph Ziggler does not do that, but he loses the title via via CTE, I believe. Is it? Yeah, CTE. That's what I had
1: in the notes. Apparently, uh, getting kicked in the head is not good for you. N- not good for your brains, especially when
0: you get kicked like through your skull by mm. Jack Swagger. Uh, and honestly, it's kind of puts. I don't want to say it like completely ruins the Money in the Bank contract, but it really degrades pretty and it's I think it's weird that they they have John Cena as the first person to lose. And I can understand the logic, but it feels like they didn't read the room
1: correctly and having him be the first was not the best to, idea. To me it's like when a Royal Rumble winner that you're really that you really get behind loses at WrestleMania. Yes. It's like when Shinsuke Nakamura has his match with AJ Styles and just kind of loses Mm -hmm. and then he just kicks him in the dick and then flounders for a year yeah it's like oh he he hit him in the dick a bunch though yeah he he sure did um but it's kind of like we we went on this journey for the last three months or so for oh all right okay it's 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 kind of just like you have a really good dinner and then you have indigestion (laughs) it's 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 just disappointing
0: yeah and Uh, and cena's cash in in particular feels like it was pointless it was only to have them have john cena and punk have a match but they don't even give you a definitive ending because they don't want punk losing the title they want him losing it to the rock after the shield attacks the rock it's a whole thing to make the rock look super powerful when he faces cena so cena can look great at wrestlemania while see Punk.
1: wrestlemania the sequel
0: yes and, and you were at both, right? No, I skipped oh. the sequel. Oh, right. I had I was no at the...
1: interest in going to WrestleMania at MetLife either time.
0: Yeah, I uh, actually did go to the sequel. You went to the first one. I
1: went to Miami where it was electric for The Rock. Yeah. It was incredible of to course. be in Miami for The Rock. Yeah, oh, at totally. WrestleMania. Yeah. John Cena.
0: Uh, and then the next year they have John Cena win the Money in the Bay contract so that he could not... When the title and face the Rock at WrestleMania. It's like, really uh, I don't want to say poor, again, I understand where they were coming from and they figured if anybody can take losing the money in the bank opportunity, it's, it's John Cena, like it won't affect him, but it really hurt and then having, like you said, having Dolph Ziggler... And that's not anybody's... That's just an accident happened in the ring. Shit happens. It's yeah. wrestling. But between... The, I think if one or the other would have happened, we would have had a much different feeling about what uh, was going to happen with the Money in the Bank contract going forward. But it kind of put a pall over the whole proceedings, which you see carried over next year. Because Damien Sandow wins in a really good match, but they don't really go anywhere great with the briefcase. They even give him a custom-made briefcase, this beautiful leather briefcase. And they don't, do. he loses to John Cena. It seems entirely pointless. He loses
1: definitively. Yeah. Like, there's no question. He has his cash-in moment and the crowd's behind him and they're like, oh, this might happen. And then Cena just beats him. Yeah.
0: And the match is really, good. that year's match is really good. What felt like was they wanted to do something with Cody Rhodes and Damien Sandow. They had been built it for a, re, uh, for a pretty long time and it really had a lot of heat and then all of a sudden they were just like ah, actually Cody Rhodes and Damien Sandow are going to like not have a real blow off and like or a meaningful blow off. Nothing's going to come of this custom made briefcase. We're just going to feed him to John Cena. It almost feels like something happened and they were just like, well we have to have John Cena be the guy who gets his win back against the Money in the Bank contract. Like, it really doesn't make that much sense. And it really, really, really damages the. For me, that split, because it, there's the Raw and the SmackDown, it just kind of makes you always feel like one is going to have a shitty ending. But they actually do a great job with the other one. The match isn't that great. The Randy Orton match. Because I went back and read my review. And the Randy Orton match. I gave like a very low review for me. Which was like three
1: stars. You do love Randy Orton.
0: Uh, But I gave the Sandow match a a five star. I thought it was a brilliant match. Well executed. All of that jazz. The Orton choice though. Mm -hmm. Is incredible. It's one of the. It's maybe the best choice for Money in the Bank. Up until it's like him, it was Edge for me, Edge and CM Punk, then Orton uh, of like through the years, not necessarily ranking them. And then, um oh God, I'm totally fucking blanking. Oh, Seth Rollins. Because Seth Rollins has the best cash in. Right.
1: Orton as a choice is fucking perfect. Like how. We were talking earlier about Edge being the opportunist and that lending itself to Money in the Bank. Orton as the guy who comes out of nowhere and kills you is so perfect that it transcended wrestling and went viral as a meme.
0: What's also great is this is basically the start of the authority because he catches it in on Daniel Bryan. The next, the next pay-per-view, I think. Yeah. SummerSlam after Daniel Bryan beats John Cena for the title. He, he catches it in on Daniel Bryan and, uh, Orton and, uh, Stephanie and, um, Sorry, Art Orton, Triple H, and Stephanie form an alliance that becomes the uh, authority, which eventually takes basically takes over the entire company. And then Daniel, like, it literally leads to like the culmination of Daniel Bryan's main event push from the other Money in the Bank. And you can kind of see at this point where like everything's starting to weave together. Seth Rollins is like the new authority, uh, the Golden Boy. One. Yeah, yeah, chosen. I did. Yeah, that, that's actually a better. Uh, word choice uh he's the chosen one for them and he gets it the next year kane helps him win in a really really good match i, I really enjoyed this match i don't think it's the best one but i think it's, it's a very good one it, they tell a really great story of seth rollins just being the new edge basically mm-hmm. the new like the guy who's gonna take
1: advantage and at the end of the match he lands on third base like rolls home and celebrates like he fucking hit a home run. yeah
0: yeah exactly he <laughs> takes down the money in the Bank briefcase and then like has a normal celebration like and and as they they pan out or they zoom out rather uh as they zoom out you see kane like and you see him when he's going up he's steadying the ladder after he just
1: choke slammed. he just murdered dean ambrose yeah he just went yeah fuck you dean ambrose seth rollins will win this match he stands back and waits for Rollins to climb the ladder. <laughs> Rollins goes, oh, okay. <laughs> Kane holds the ladder for him. Seth, Literally. Very, like, very they're, calmly. They're
0: cleaning the gutters together. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Seth very calmly takes the title down and then celebrates. Like he just won the fucking Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's Seth Rollins. You can see, and it's so weird listening to the Seth Rollins song and not having burned it down. Like, but you can, he's so fucking good at this point. You can get why they thought that, why they gave him this push at this time, as, as opposed to Roman Reigns or Dean Ambrose. He is so special. I mean, he still is, but this is really like young Shawn Michaels territory. And him having the entire world working for him, but makes such a great character for Seth Rollins.
1: And it's really impressive that that character became the biggest baby face in the company. Yeah. Biggest male baby face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause Becky Lynch is on the TV right
1: now. Yeah, Becky Lynch. Hey, and maybe he, maybe Seth is the biggest heel in wrestling since he's (laughs) spending some time with the biggest face in wrestling.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Boo. Boo Happiness. (laughs) Boo
1: you and your happiness. Fucking marks.
0: (laughs) We were talking about this during the match. It's weird to see Ambrose, feuding with Rollins when
1: Jack Swagger is in the same match. It blew my mind seeing Dean and Seth in the same match as RVD. Yeah, like it didn't feel like they performed and not like in the same timeline. Super
0: young versions of Seth and Dean, but like like Dean's hair is already thinning, but not not it's, like it's in other post-shield. words post shield. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is it's not shield versions of Seth and Dean. It's like post shield breakup versions of Seth and Dean. And that's fucking crazy. Like, it's the it's both crazy that it that was that long ago, and it's also crazy that R- Rob Van Dam was still wrestling and looking good in this match at that point. I was shocked, because I'm not a Rob Van Dam and, fan, and old Rod Van da- Rob Van Dam is, like, curdled, I believe was the exact phrase I used, was curdled Rob Van Dam. You're just like, ugh, this smells terrible. It smells like patchouli oil and sadness. Like, and... I found him to be extremely enjoyable and I really like, uh, they basically pay off the Dean Ambrose getting screwed over the year before and getting screwed over by Seth Rollins in general. Uh, The next year when Dean wins and then cashes in on Seth on that night.
1: And it's a perfect. It was such a thing of beauty. Yeah. It was, it was, it was perfect.
0: Yeah. And then, the next year this is the point where they're not really sure what to do and it's not quite a brand split so uh Seamus wins and cashes in on Roman Reigns that was right after
1: the the title tournament right yeah
0: and this is kind of like a lost couple of years for me with the money in the bank contract it's not that they had bad matches or bad cash-ins or bad people to win it it's that I just didn't
1: it didn't matter. It was a plot device. Plot device. It, yeah. it was a crutch they leaned on. You, you kind of knew Roman was going to win the title in the tournament, and you kind of knew they had to come up with a way to not let him be champion yet. I called that Seamus cash cash in a mile and a half away, and I know I'm not the only one. Yeah, I'm, I'm no I'm no genius here. Yeah,
0: it's a very obvious way to go about things, and it's not that it's uncreative. It's just. It's doing the bare minimum to actually put a storyline together that's interesting. Like, it wasn't... Like you said, you weren't, like, this fucking sucks. It wasn't sucks. bad.
1: It was, it was predictable. And sometimes predictable is fine when predictable makes sense. But
0: it's a far cry from having Seth Rollins cash in at WrestleMania in the main event. And I think they kind of almost... It's almost like a... I don't want to say cool off, but it's it's not a match. Uh, it's Sorry, it's not those money in the bank, especially the shameless one, aren't really supposed to be spectacular. There's like you said, they're supposed to be predictable safe because they had went so big with Seth Rollins. that I think they kind of had to peel it back. They had to bring it back to like a very simple, like blood feud with Seth. And
1: it, it just became a moment in an arc. Yeah. As opposed to somebody's peak.
0: Yeah. And I think that, As you see with the Royal Rumble uh, and the WrestleMania main event, it really starts to pick up steam again with the women's Money in the Bank ladder matches. Both matches, um, Carmella wins, and she does so uh, with the help of James Ellsworth. And there's a lot of controversy about this match. And I think it's warranted if your complaint is that it's kind of lazy writing, maybe. But if it's that she needed a man to do it for her. And that's what they're trying to say. I think that's an inaccurate reading and I'm not going to be tell women that like, Oh, it's not that bad
1: perk up lady. But see the way I read that match and that finish is that Carmela didn't win, but she won. Yeah. It's heat. Yeah. It's a heat. It's a heat seeking device. She didn't deserve the briefcase. She didn't deserve the title win that eventually came with the briefcase and it propelled her up the ranks and made her a star the way that that is designed to because there were a bunch of women in that match who didn't necessarily need to win a briefcase to be stars. Yeah. Who would get title opportunities without a briefcase. Becky Lynch didn't need a money in the bank briefcase. Charlotte did not need a money in the bank briefcase. You can be a star and not win that match and not suffer. And you could be a non-star or a lower a lower tiered star win that and, and climb the ranks Yeah, and and Carmela use that to climb the ranks. And the fact that she had that, that asterisk on her record, she's a heel.
0: Yeah, no. And I think that's the point is that she doesn't understand why people are upset that she had a man do it for her. Like she doesn't understand the irony, which I guess that could be them. If you really wanted to like dig in on this, the writer saying go fuck yourself but that's the point she's the bad person in the story she's deliberately not deliberately she is completely ignorant intentionally so of the like optics for lack of a better term of what having james ellsworth quote-unquote win the match for her is she's like i don't care i don't care i won i have the
1: briefcase you're you're missing you're burying the lead i won the match
0: yeah and i i think that it worked because they had not established james ellsworth as some sort of paragon for masculinity or even really gave him meaningful masculine traits that kind of left him and this is the example i use with you uh jerry from rick and morty the episode where they go to the couples therapy and it turns out that he's a human worm like that is basically what james ellsworth was he wasn't not to say he's not a real man they did not portray
1: him they emasculated him at every turn whether it was the commentators or the women on the show the only person on the show there were two there were two people who were ever nice to him on wwe tv maybe three ambrose aj styles and carmella ambrose and aj styles he was a plot device in their feud and with Carmella, he was the little bitch boy who got manipulated into doing her bidding yeah that's why he helped her win the, the the money in the bank match if that's something that you use to start white knighting and it's a man ruining the first women's money in the bank. You, you are working yourself into a shoot.
0: Yeah. It's not, I, I understand the ways in which it could be problematic. That was the one way they did it. Where it's like, no, they haven't. Nope. But this is not implying in any way that Carmela was incapable of doing it herself because, and needed a man to No, everyone was dead and he got it for her. Like, It's not, it wasn't a situation where he knocked out every single person involved and like power slammed them. He pushed Becky off. He came
1: in and put everyone through a table. No, it's, he he took advantage of a moment. Yeah. He was an opportunist in a match that's been built to benefit the opportunists. And
0: she wrote it to basically being one of the, you see her when we were at the live show although it's not the main event of the show, it's a, a segment that gets a lot of time and she actually gets to perform in front of the crowd. They want to put her out there. And that's partially because she did such a good job with the money in the bank, ca- with the money in the bank, carrying the cash in. And again, that post, cash and rain was a really solid one was it the best one of all time definitely not but it's a a championship brain you look back on and you're not like holy shit i can't believe jack swagger is a world heavyweight champion it's like oh yeah carmella was good i could see her if she goes in a different she starts getting more serious quote-unquote and stops rapping and dancing with our truth you could see her really having a chance at being a champion again in one way or another, even if, or have R Truth turned heal. Like, I don't think she'll ever win one independently. Carmilla is actually one of, I think, one of the more successful Money in the Bank winners, period. I think she, I don't think she's at an edge level or anything like that, but she really did help establish a positive career trajectory, especially after Enzo and Cass had left. She really has put herself in that quasi it, important character on the show if she ever decides to get serious could see herself in main events maybe get a heel title i i could never see her win as a face i could see her win as a heel maybe not necessarily as someone who needs help but i could see her doing so with like a partner like a, like Lacey Evans or not Lacey Evans but like another wrestler another woman's wrestler that the kind of chill be her like Dana Brooke kind of thing with uh, Charlotte.
1: I was going to say maybe the Tamina to her AJ. Yeah, exactly.
0: Something like that, where it's like, she is given the chance to, uh, cause she has a couple of good moves. She's pretty athletic and that this allowed her to jump the line in a good way and get a lot of heat on herself for beating Charlotte, who at that point and still is considered probably the best pretty person. unbeatable. Yeah. And you really had, she got, completely fucked up by the Iconics and then Carmella comes out. It's this really good combination of like total goobers working together, not for a common goal, but like almost like if someone like crashed their car and a bunch of money spilt out and somebody just <laughs> came and picked it up. That's basically like what happened. It was like a cartoon, but it worked and it made Carmella into a pretty decent sized star, if not the biggest star in the company. Uh The next year, kind of kind of farts personified farts personified brain uh it's Bron- I feel like we
1: need a song for farts personified
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh Braun and Alexa both win Alexa cashes in at, after a really good match with Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax on Nia Jax who
1: wins It's it a great in. cash in. Yeah. Um and it was a really great way to justify Alexa Being in that spot against a legitimate fighter Mm -hmm. and against a monster in Nia Jax. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where you and I, we've met, we interviewed Alexa Bliss and and, and Nia Jax. Nia is a foot taller and probably 150 pounds heavier than Alexa Bliss.
0: Yeah. Alexa Bliss is actively in a way that like Sasha is small and
1: Nia is bigger than you or I. She she is a large woman. Yeah. You could. See, like I I would not want to fight nine. No, no.
0: Straight I, she would shoot probably beat me up pretty bad. Like I she Yeah. Yeah. She,
1: and she's brag about it on TV. Yeah, exactly.
0: Because like, she has a way, she's like she's big. She's a, she's she's a big she's, girl. She's, she's solid. It's right. not it's not like Bertha Faye. It's like she looks like a, a, a female basketball player. What a
1: reference yeah, to whole Bertha Faye.
0: But she looks she's built like a like a basketball player. Right. And and Alexa Bliss is built like a gymnast or a cheerleader, which is what she was. Like she's very slight, and she works with Ronda Rousey. But you have to have her get in through Nia Jackson. This was the best way to do it. The match itself is okay, but I I honestly don't even remember it. It's not any, and it was last year. It wasn't like it was a long, long time ago. It wasn't even a full year ago. And the thing with me and Braun is he should have never been in the match to begin with. And if you're going to put him in the match and have him win, he can't not win the fucking match that he catches
1: in. So I'll, I'll, I'll get there. Um, I liked Braun with the briefcase because mm-hmm. Braun with the B with the with the beef case, Braun, with the Braun with the briefcase, Braun with the briefcase took this guy who's already dangerous and unpredictable and added another wild card to his repertoire. So, you get a guy who is already super dangerous and super unpredictable, and now he's got the golden ticket in his hand at all time. where not only can he kill you, he can kill you and become the champion. And it was a really cool card to play, until things happened in Saudi Arabia.
0: Yeah, it's really, it might be the worst cash-in ever. I'm, I'm. Going, it's him or Baron Corbin. I forgot Baron Corbin. Yeah, that's what happened in 2017.
1: Wow, who knew? Um, We have the same haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Same sad body. It's fine. Um, But yeah, with Braun... um, Man, I I don't even know where to go as far as the cash in. It, It hurt Braun maybe
0: irreparably. And it really, really hurt the Money in the Bank contract itself.
1: It definitely hurt Braun. It hurt him quite a bit. His re- his crowd reactions cooled off quite a bit. I don't know if that was before or after the heel turn. Att- it was right after the heel turn attempt, wasn't it? Yeah. Where he was very briefly paired up with uh, McIntyre and that group. Yeah. Right. So you kind of, like, okay, here he is. He's the baby face. He's going to bring the belt back to Raw and then he fails yeah it's 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 real rough to have a baby face who's going to continue to be a top baby face just fail mm-hmm. and he failed and he failed hard yeah and there's no payoff for it it's
0: it's as bad a job you can do with the money in the big contract it's to me it's not catastrophically bad but it's not it's easily the worst it's even Damien Sandow, they did stuff with. They really didn't get anywhere. It hurt Braun. It hurt the Money in the Bank contract. It, it, it reestablishes that to me, like the woman's Money in the Bank is much more important. Right.
1: For me, Braun's cash in was like if your friend proposed in front of everyone's friends and families and the girl says no. Yeah. Basically. Where just kind of like, oh. Oh, we can never. So,
0: text it later, <laughs> and uh best of luck. My name is Paul. This is between
1: y'all. <laughs> the fuck you ask me for then? But it—it it, it was just—it's rough and it's awkward and it's, even now it's been what six months or so. Yeah. And has he fully recovered? No, he
0: hasn't. Recovered anywhere near. He's not. A factor I mean he's in the next Money in the Bank match they just announced it Tonight as we're recording but It's not It's not that I don't have any hopes for Braun it's that they have to Rehabilitate someone that they should have Never had to rehabilitate because he's a Six foot nine strong Man monster who does Has been doing spectacular things for Years at this point and has great chemistry With a lot of performers and yet They can't figure out and he connects With the
1: crowd yeah He connects with the crowd in a really special way.
0: Yep. Um, So now that we've uh, gotten all the way to the end of uh, the brief history, or I guess the, just the confusing history of the money in the bank contract match and pay per view. uh, I wanted to spend some time talking about, the bigger picture ideas. Uh, number one for me is the idea. And the one I think about when I think about money in the bank is that it's basically the new Royal rumble to me where it really does establish you as a star to watch out for. It's not quite after however many iterations as potent as winning a Royal rumble is like, I think Nakamura might be the most disappointing person to win a Royal rumble. And he's still a great performer. Who's like, it's almost like it's sad that it's one of his crowning achievements. I
1: wouldn't say he's been disapp- like a disappointed performer to win. I think it's been a disappointing payoff to him. Yes.
0: Us. Yeah, but no, he's like somebody you look back and you're like how did the fuck the Chinsuke Nakamura win? You're like oh that's totally cool. That's cool that he won. Like there's very few money in the there's there's very few Royal Rumble winners that are outright catastrophes. There's a couple of money in the bank winners that are, but I think that when it's done right it's a much easier way and a much better and much more forceful way to make somebody a star than the Royal Rumble is at least on the men's side. I think the woman's side, the Royal Rumble still has a lot of juice.
1: So with the Rumble, you kind of have a finite time to work with where it's, if I win the Rumble in January, I need to be a WrestleMania main eventer by April. And there's only so many people who are going to be fide WrestleMania main eventers and not everyone's going to get that not everyone's going to get over like that. It's not always going to work with money in the bank. If I win that tomorrow, I've got a year mm-hmm. to get over as a top guy. And it gives me a little bit of a character edge where people don't know when I'm going to cash in. They don't know when they don't know when this story is going to pay off. So I become can't miss. Mm-hmm. And that makes you more important. And it makes you a bigger star almost by default. Yes. Um, and i think that's a really powerful tool for someone who's on their rise more so than a rumble win which the, is
0: nice but it oh did yeah i think that's the rumble win now feels like i don't want to say some sort of coronate like a gold watch kind of thing but it definitely doesn't have the like oh my god that person won the royal rumble it's that oh that person won the royal rumble That makes that's sense. cool they get to choose who they're facing and that's cool. Like the getting a guaranteed title shot at WrestleMania is cool. Seth Rollins won the Royal rumble. This
1: fun fact. If you can't remember who won, there's too many fucking matches <sighs> and not enough of them mean anything.
0: <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. So I think the Royal rumble was won, but yeah, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, but Becky Lynch's win means much more. She, he was the first match because, Brock wanted to have a steak dinner <clears throat> and Becky was the main event. Cause she was the main event, uh, her. And also those two and Rhonda also kind of Charlotte, but really Becky was the one that got them to that point. Uh, and that is not something I think would happen for the woman's money in the bank winner. I don't think anybody's like, I don't think that makes you an instant star. I think it is a good way. It works really well as a plot device for the women's division the way it doesn't for the men's because anybody can have it and it doesn't you don't have to like instantly contextualize that person in a larger framework of like should let's say jinder mahal won the money in the bank and then cash it in you'd be like jinder mahal's a two-time world champion Where like any person on the carmella won the money in the bank and cash it in and be like oh carmella's really good at money in the bank match winning money in the bank matches and she knows when to cash it in that's like a skill she has like edge where he like, it makes her crafty. Yeah, exactly. It gives her like an actual say, uh, if Oscar wins, Oscar becomes the most dangerous person in the history of wrestling. Basically, like she will come in and she will murder your soul and take your belt. Like if Bailey wins, it completely changes the dynamic of Bailey's character. Like there is so much less baggage with the women's, but it doesn't necessarily make them like a huge, huge star. The way that winning a Royal Rumble now does because it's now an excuse to give somebody the WrestleMania main event, which is something that hadn't happened for a bunch of years because Roman Reigns for five years, which is not necessarily Roman Reigns' fault, but like it got kind of boring. It got very boring. And this new shift for the Money in the Bank contract, I don't know what they're going to do this year with the men's, for instance. I, I, I mean does ricochet win like what does that mean if ricochet wins if drew mcintyre wins i
1: I think you end up with a with a powerful heel win for the men i I would hope i think you need someone who i think you need somebody who makes seth rollins vulnerable as a baby face Mm -hmm. because seth has been kind of cool calm like yeah let's fight let's have a match awesome But if he never knows when it's coming, Mm -hmm. he's got vulnerability, and you can relate to vulnerability. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Like, most of us have some anxiety, at least a little bit of it. Like, I I find it a little hard to relate to somebody who never seems to stress out. If Drew McIntyre, who is a fucking walking nightmare, comes running up to me with a briefcase that says, I can beat you the fuck up right now and take that one thing that makes you you, I'm going to – I might have a little palpitation. (laughs) Like,
0: No, it's a a really good point that they have to be smart about what they plan on doing with the Money in the Bank contract in a way that it feels as though they used to be able to just go, Oh, you're the Money in the Bank contract winner. Whenever you cash it in, it's going to be cool. And now people want to like, they've seen those, the spectacularness of the crazy money in the bank cash in and we're always gonna pop for a money in the bank cash in but now that we know it might not succeed it changes the dynamic
1: but i feel like is it like an undertaker wrestlemania match now that he's kind, gotten a loss or two yeah
0: exactly it kind of it's still going to be cool for the most part but it's not going to be spectacular unless they actually have a storyline to go with it like like it's again it's not a great one but the ambrose cashing in and rollins like made sense the shame cashing in on reigns made less sense but it was more predictable and both of those are examples of like playing it safe if they go somewhere interesting with it and bring a cool character part to it like you said it adds old vulnerability to the champion who we've kind of established is not invincible but like really 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 really, really tough guy and now he, Drew McIntyre can cash... Or Byron Corbin or someone like that can cash in any time they And you want. might
1: see something like that with the women. Yeah. Where, like, Becky's defending both belts in two separate matches of yeah. Money in the Bank. If the women's Money in the Bank match goes first on that card, I'll bet you as much as you want to bet that somebody cashes in after her second defense. Yeah. And she might win both of the matches. And, it's... and then lose when she's gone through two matches. Yeah. So it's like, you didn't fucking beat me. You beat me after I one in two matches yeah
0: and now i have this one title i have to defend with my entire life but i'm also coming for you but we don't have the rematch like it adds i think that the women's championship being championships being on one person really adds a dynamic to the it raises the stakes it raises the stakes so high i think that i would prefer a single champion for all of the belts but I really like that the women essentially have single belts basically. but I do also like that Becky can lose either title to either brand at any time depending on who wins the money in the bank contract. Like that also makes me wonder if somebody wins the uh, from raw wins the money in the bank contract and wants a challenge for this. like it adds a dynamic to what's going to happen with Becky Lynch that I think will, maybe reestablish the money in the bank contract as something that's actually worth getting excited about as opposed to just like oh okay this year i guess it's going to be kind of like baron corbin's gonna lose or something like that it's like you're you're actually excited at least for the women's. the men's i think it's going to heavily depend on who wins it in a way that i think with the women you can kind of just have whoever and they'll get over they won't become like main event wrestlemania stars i think that's what the royal rumble is for the women but i think in terms of putting somebody in that Carmella level or if you want to get like an alexa bliss back into the title picture like those are definitely things that can be done there's a lot more possibility with the women's but if they do the men's right it could be a really great idea um And I really like that they now do the show post-WrestleMania. It's the first pay-per-view post-WrestleMania. And it happens right after the Superstar Shakeup.
1: It's a cool way to kind of set the stage for the rest of the year. Because this time of year often feels like the off-season. It often feels like it just doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So if you're telling me like, no, we're going to set all the stakes here. And follow along because now you don't want to miss anything. It kind of really makes may june july way more interesting for wwe than they really have been in a very long time
0: yeah it's a really good way to say this is our new year this is a new season of the show like everything's not everything's been reset but a lot of stuff is different in different places than you remember it but it'll be fun and it allows you like you said for the next couple of months to actually have something and not backlash and then you wait until like May, at the end of june to get the money in the bank winner and then they might cash it in at summerslam it's like because having it at summers not right before summerslam kind of makes it feel like anything could happen as opposed to they're either going to cash it in at like summerslam or right before summerslam to set up a summerslam title match that they want or they're going to wait until like next january you know what i mean like there's no longer that that like if we miss this exit, we have to wait another couple of months for a different exit kind of thing. It allows them to just do... I mean, the other way, I guess, they could do a Survivor Series would be the other like exit that they could get off at. But it really does help change the tenor, uh, the expectations of when it's going to be cashed in, which I think is the one thing that they can still play with is like interesting ways to have people cash in. But that's harder to come up with than just like, okay, this will be fun. Like we'll have this guy that's over with this thing that's over cash in at this time. It'll be like, oh, I can't believe that they had this person. Like Kofi Kingston will have another elimination chamber match, and then Vince will have make him fight. Somebody will make him fight another match, and then they'll do the like money the bank contract. They could do shit like that, mm-hmm. or like you said with Becky, where she could defend the title twice, win both matches, and then and then have somebody cash in.
1: And that person becomes... That person becomes a super heel. Yeah. Because they just fucking ruined a double baby phase championship uh, defense. Yep. Where it's like, you, you legitimately just ruined everything and I hate you.
0: Yeah, like a goddamn hero. <laughs> that's, that's not how heroics work. <laughs> uh, so now that we've solved the legacy and the history of The Money in the Bank contract. I have a question I've been thinking about this entire time. Who? You know what? I'm not going to ask the Money in the Bank question. I'm going to ask a question you asked me before. Is Kane the best worst wrestler of all time? Because he has a really great match with Rey Mysterio. That lasts about three minutes. It's the best Kane match I can think of. He's... Looks great he has an important character in the history of wrestling. He has a bunch of really entertaining entertaining hours, but I can't remember a single match of Kane's I saw and I was like, "Hot damn. Give me more of this inside of my brain hole."
1: I think it's a really easy yes because my favorite Kane is Corporate Kane. Oh my god, yes. Where everything like him just walking around with like the the world's best uh yeah, the the, the fucking coffee mug. Yeah. Or him just
0: the world's greatest director of operations. Thank month. you.
1: Thank you. You know exactly what I was thinking. I have it. Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do, you mark. Um, it was just entertaining. Yeah. It's just him just getting it. I don't want to watch him plot around the ring. I'm not a huge big guy wrestling fan to begin with. It's because you're a bad person. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm also like an adult. Fine. <laughs> tall isn't really all that impressive to me anymore
0: i'm tall
1: hey, you're normal fuck you <laughs> i'm short okay let's <laughs> right, calm down ray mysterio oh uh, wow, wow. I'm, not, I'm not my mom's height <laughs> yet <laughs> I'm not that yeah, someday, italian i'm not gonna someday
0: <laughs> that much uh <laughs>
1: who's the worst money in the bank winner of all time
0: hmm uh, you turned the tables on me I oh did. easily for me it's um Damian Sando because it's so fu- like they had something so fucking cool it was a great match it was a great feud with him and Cody it was a great looking fucking briefcase and they were like eh, you're gonna lose to John Cena like that one really hurt in a way that like made me not excited for the money in the bank contract the next year kind of like it really affected it was like fuck like, it's okay if somebody loses, but like you really look like you're gonna give him a push and you pulled the carpet out from him completely. You were just like, not only do you not have any identity, like you were basically knocked down to like the loser who lost the money in the bank contract cash in because you decided John Cena was the person you wanted to carry. Like
1: L O L Cena wins.
0: Yeah, it's like and it, it's just one of those things where like he fucked that fucked him on such a level his career like spiraled after that like jack swagger had a a pretty good career after the he he did good job in lucha underground he did mma he's done stuff he like been out there being a person like what's his faces on fucking tna Or impact now, Aaron Rex or whatever. But I think he was very. He was, yeah. And then they got like he's he really went from like maybe spotlight to the milk carton. Yeah, he basically went from being within a half an a a pitch of being a world champion to like out of the business basically in a handful of years or like a couple of years basically because he just they didn't see anything in him and they buried him literally dug up the dirt with the money in the bank briefcase and then put him in the hole it's it is like the the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior except it's the WWE's destruction of damien <laughs> sandow's career uh so yeah that is my choice for worst um worst money in the bank contract cash in slash winner slash holder um
1: do you have anything to plug this week uh, as always you can follow me on the twitters at andy miller jms uh, follow nywc at nywc wrestling on twitter instagram nywc new york wrestling connection on facebook um, shows every month come to them
0: yeah um, you can check me out at the nixer that's t h e n 1 c k s t e r you can check us out at HowWrestlingExplains.podbean.com. i definitely check out the patreon dot com slash hwetw where you can get rich and i on the pod beyond
1: give us your money
0: yeah yeah
1: five star reviews
0: also that on itunes stitcher spotify google play store and Pocket pocketcast
1: you are listening to us we know how many of you are listening we also know how many five star reviews we have yeah there is a discrepancy here yeah, I'm not getting at Five star reviews. Yeah, or yeah. We will send Rich Kaysen after you. He is now an angry heel. <laughs> he will hurt you. He's a large man. He is the Nia Jax to our Rhonda and Alexa. <laughs> it will not go well for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, he'll send you after. I. That's all. That's no, a no, lot no. Extra work.
1: It, it's. I'm just gonna say, Rich, here's beer. Go get him. And <laughs> oh God. Well, no, he's. You're, you're making him embrace his former
0: life. He doesn't want that.
1: You know what? You know what? We'll work on it. <laughs> uh, R- Rich, here's a follower. <laughs> Go get him. Better? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, Goddamn heels. I came out here with an agenda tonight to make a statement. And the reason is that WrestleMania 21 is less than five weeks away. We've already announced some of the biggest matches in Mania history from Batista versus Triple H for the World Championship, from Cena to JBL for the WWE Championship. Michaels is challenged Angle, Hogan's in the Hall of Fame, Stone Cold Steve Austin on Piper's Pit. Everybody wants to make an impact, so do I. Everybody wants to be a part of history, so do I. I have an idea for a match to do that. It's a match that involves Y2J five other elite WWE superstars, a chance of a lifetime, and most importantly, one very big solid steel ladder.
0: Find your tongue secure your
1: the promise that you're right